Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into a remote version of CHGO White Sox, and it is supposed to be a podcast only, but guess what? The podcast publisher is broken. So we got to deliver it some way. Uh, you people need a podcast about the White Sox. So we're here to deliver. I'm Sean Anderson. Follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, uh, we're switched up or here. Uh, you know, usually the Vinny's in the lower box. Herb's over here, but Vinny is over here. You can no, he's over there. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's uh, our CHGO White Sox beat writer. And the man underneath is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Guys, I was not ready to go live. Um, completely thrown, uh, as they say, for a uh, – the pitcher threw a curveball. You know what I'm saying, guys? Uh, really wasn't looking for this one. Yeah. I mean, it's freezing cold outside. I was ready to, like, c- cuddle up in bed and just record audio only so that <laughs> no one would see me. Um, and But, you know, sweatshirt, sweatpants, you know, under the covers, the whole thing. And uh, instead – Flashlight. Yeah, instead, I had to get all the lighting uh, rigged up correctly here in the in the in the living room, and and so so here we are. Yeah, just came back from the suburbs, so I'm good to go. I was about to eat a bowl of chili, as Vinny said. It's kind of cold outside. <laughs> it's chili eating season, so I'll do that after this podcast is done. But I'm glad to be on live with our people, Alex Rude, KPW's in the house, Chef Fidel or Shea Fidel, and then Pinwheels. Also, it's also good to be with my people again and thank you for uh supporting us guys the other day that andrew benintendi uh news mm-hmm. that one blew up thank you very much i think pinwheels is jared so shout out to i think i think he changed his name on us but he didn't change the profile picture your friends that we remember everything uh but yeah that that benintendi people are excited about that and they're also mad at me uh we don't usually get like a lot of negativity and i don't really i don't say it's too negative but everyone's like i think i've gotten uh, at least looking at the comments, like four people who said, why is this guy Sean so negative about it? And then like three direct tweets. So like, hey, I got to give some positivity. And that's why the title of this is sharing some positives because I have found some. All right. I'm not going to try to be a Grinch uh, this Christmas and ruin your Christmas surprise. All right. There is some positives to Andrew Benatendi. Again, he is left handed. Uh, yeah, so we'll discuss that before you start. OK, we got time. you already before this even, you know, this whole free agency started, you said like if it comes down the White Sox getting Andrew Benintendi out of all the options available, I'll be disappointed. So at least you stuck to those guns. I it wasn't just a reaction to what the signing was on that day. You've always kind of been like sour on Andrew Benintendi and as far as what the White Sox need for their offense. So I'll I'll grant you that. Right. I'm not trying to be stinky. All right. If they signed anybody else, I would be, you know, throwing a parade in the streets just like they are in Argentina. Look at that uh, transition there. Uh, I watched it earlier this uh, morning. Argentina win against France in the World Cup final. 3-3 in penalty shootouts. Uh, they didn't miss a single penalty shot. France just couldn't hit the net at all. Uh a crazy game where Mbappe, the star of France, scores a hat trick. Uh, Messi has two goals of his own, and he goes out on top. Uh, what would you guys make of the game, Vinny? I know you were watching Croatia, uh, so sorry about that. But, hey, third place ain't bad. Hey, third place is all right. But, uh, yeah, we were actually watching it uh, at uh, you know with a bunch of family earlier today. Uh, we, we had it on delay, or we had it recorded, so we were able to fast forward through all the, the very few commercials. I'll tell you this, soccer has it figured out. With There's just no commercials at all, really, which during a game, which is just fantastic. Uh, a, a tremendous viewing experience. But, uh, but yeah, what a, a just very exciting game. Uh, all the saves that were being made there toward the end of the, of the second half with, you know, you got defenders flying in and, and stopping goals by themselves, uh, you know, when the goalie, when the goalie can't do it. So, uh, a really good game. I'm not a huge, huge soccer guy, obviously, but um, as I've mentioned on here, followed this World Cup way closer than anything uh, that I've ever uh, than any soccer that I have before, uh, because because my wife's so into it, and uh, it was it was it was a blast to watch this one, uh, a very exciting game. And Lionel Messi gets to get out of the shadow of Diego Maradona, win a championship or win this World Cup for Argentina, can retire, can be the known as the best soccer player ever i mean that's what most people are giving him the the plaudits of that i still you know would go with pele because i played the video game i don't i haven't played one messy video game at all so i'm gonna go with that man but it's an exciting game i don't like 
usual soccer, you know, when it's just some American team or the MLS. But this was exciting. These people know how to play soccer. The skill level was at the peak. And I thought it was over after Messi scored that goal in whatever they call right. overtime or extra time. But no, they kept on playing. And then Mbappe scores another goal. I was like, why, why are we doing this? <laughs> I thought it was sudden death. Play like us Americans. You score a goal in overtime, game's over. Let's done. But I'm glad they went to the penalty kicks because that was supposed to be exciting. And then everybody on France wet their pants, and except for Mbappe. That rhymed. Right. <laughs> finally. Um, finally? You rhyme? Finally, I rhyme, yeah. <laughs> Has it been a struggle in your life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Difficulties for 45 years. We need to get Herb a rhyme book for Christmas. You're making me much um, older. I'm 44. Come on now. Oh, 44. I'm so sorry. Next year, we will be 45. Um, I'm just always got Gary Crochet on the mind. Uh, so, I mean, I think there's something about the the flags that really make me lock into certain sports like hockey. In high school, I locked in. Uh, I was waking up at four in the morning when it was in Sochi to watch the Winter Olympics because I apparently needed to watch hockey that badly. Um, 2010 was fantastic in Vancouver. So maybe I was just like, oh, it has to be this good each and every single year. It wasn't. Um, but there's something even about soccer too. Like Not that shootout, was... that shootout though. Remember the uh, the the Oshi uh, uh, Ovechkin oh. shootout? That was pretty Where, great. Yeah, Oshi just went 18 times in a row. Um, that that shootout didn't, didn't make a lot of sense because, like in soccer, wouldn't you just have Messi go like five times in a row and then Mbappe go five times in a row? Like maybe that would be more entertaining soccer. Like I disagree. I think they should play the full 120 minutes. I think uh, American football has overtime wrong. Like there's no reason why both teams shouldn't get a possession and they kind of fixed it where like, you can't just kick a field goal and win. Um, but then again, it's like sudden death in football. So you should be just able to win no matter what. Like, I think if you get the ball in overtime and you kick a field goal, you should just be able to win um, with Sean. Do you, you know, know who didn't like the results today of this uh, game? France. No. <laughs> France. France definitely didn't. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> didn't, but I'm sure that, you know, with Argentina finally winning a cup, I mean, a guy like Andrew Benintendi, who has Italian roots, not making the World Cup is a big-time bummer. And one of the teams that made it and winning over you, Argentina, must feel really hard for the great Andrew Benintendi. I'm just trying to get us back to baseball because these people are like, what the hell? Who cares about soccer? Soccer We kind of just want to have a sports discussion because, like, what is, like, the best game you've seen? Like, it could be a baseball game, but, like, I immediately went to uh, the 2016 NBA Finals game seven where it's the Warriors versus LeBron and Kyrie and Kevin Love and you have the uh, LeBron block on Andre Iguodala and then Kyrie the shot on the other end and then Steph has the ball and you have the star like just like Mbappe in extra time there he was able to do it but Kevin Love was in the way to stop Steph Curry from making a three like it was so dramatic it was the most dramatic basketball game I've ever watched LeBron I think recorded the first uh, triple double or he was one of the only like four people uh, to record a 30 point triple double uh, in a final game. It was just like the, gr- the greatest game of basketball I ever watched. So like what other moment sticks out like that? Is it, you know, Jeff Blum hitting a home run? Cause you need to tie in the white Sox here, uh, Herb, or what other game stick out to you guys? I mean, I can tie in the white Sox and go a game before that one where are two games before that one, where the white Sox and the Astros are battling and you get the home run from Scotty Pudsednik. And you're like, okay, here we go. White Sox going to win this game. And, of course, the the Astros come back and take the lead. I think it was uh, Jose Vizcaino with a single there. Um, and then you get the dramatic walk-off home run. From, I mean, the opposite. So you get the Paul Canerco home run. Then you get the dramatic walk-off home run from Scott Bidsednik. So I think that was the most exciting game I've ever watched. Maybe just because this was uh, an international competition, my mind went to what you've brought up already, Sean. Twenty ten, that USA Canada yeah. hockey game mm. in, in the twenty ten Olympics. That was pretty uh, pretty remarkable to watch. Um, you know, there have been plenty of Blackhawks games uh, over the last decade uh, decade plus on that list, um, and you know, I, I think of some of those ones. Um, you know, that they were using to uh, to fuel that streak uh, that they had in 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 uh, twenty thirteen. Uh, and then obviously too, Herb, I'm sure uh, you'll be kicking yourself that you didn't bring this one up first, but uh, Kyle Troops, Illini and Arizona uh, mm-hmm. back in the Elite Eight played played at the old, uh, or, was it the Allstate Arena at that point or was it yeah. still yeah. the Rosemont Horizon? Um, it was but, still uh, Allstate. 
but uh, but yeah, that that one obviously is uh, is forever lodged in the memory banks of uh, folks who folks who, uh, who 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 had a rooting interest in that one for sure. I'm a little bit behind on this. Uh, Mazman, our guy Matt from Oklahoma, uh, sending in a $10 super sticker. I like in the studio Ooh. usually when they, uh, well, when we have the ham horn. So, bam, 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 bam. Uh, but I also like in the studio, they usually describe the sticker. So it just says super sticker. So I hope it was a really cool sticker, Matt. I hope you picked out a real nice one for us. Yeah, because usually we can see them. As Sean said, we're in a different uh, formation that we're usually in, especially when we're in the uh, Studio A of uh, the West Loop Studios of CHGO. But thank you very much, Mass Man. It's awesome. The other day, man, people were just sending uh, super chats during that Andrew Benintendi stuff. I was like, what? I was like, pause, guys. Calm down. But also bring it through. Hey, I was so happy. I was happy for for us. Obviously, we had like 400 people in here, and we have 53 people, and we weren't even scheduled to be on. So thank you, guys, and uh, make sure you guys like as well uh, if you guys are liking the product, as Herb says. Uh, But even the Cubs guys, like, I'm so happy they got a big win in getting Dansby Swanson, and they had like 500 people in their live. Like, I feel like, especially now, CHGO bets is going to be way better because Cody's just got everything, the weight off, and he's still giving the Cubs offseason a C. So he's not, you know thrilled with what they're doing on the north side uh but he's definitely got a weight off his shoulders so i'm happy for the north siders who got that uh dansby swanson treat yeah i got a text i got a text right after the dansby swanson signing was made uh that was just it this is all it said it said dansby's garage world (laughs) very exciting (laughs) perfect that's awesome Gotta mock it up. Only uh, tag ones get that one. Steven walked away. Uh, we can't. We gotta get someone to mock. Jo- get Joey on the uh, the idea to mock the uh, the logo up. Whatever. Uh, anyways, uh, any other handsome infield too, right there. Patrick Wisdom, Dansby Swanson, Nico Horner. Mm. Should have signed cats out there. Should have signed Jose Abreu. You know, he's beautiful. Some, uh, matinee idols over there at uh, the north side. The one, yeah, who's gonna play first base? Uh, Bradley gonna leave it open. No, it's going to be probably. What else is he going to play? Oh, 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 my goodness. Yeah. Oof, friends. Yeah. No. Man, they, they recruited over Nick Madrigal. Or He's not good enough go and Ma- tall enough and pretty enough, apparently. Sean, you want him back? No. Do you guys? Okay. Nick oh, Madrigal? No. Anybody? Anybody? I mean, Madrigal? not really. He's KJ kind of saying bring, he's kind bring of Madrigal always, back. He's kind of just always injured. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, like, is Nick Madrigal better than Romy Gonzalez? <laughs> yes. I mean, more proven. Yeah. When he plays, I, yeah. yeah. Is he? Yeah. Is he more proven? I mean, didn't he hit at least 300 in one year? I mean, I don't think Romy Gonzalez can do that. Would he hasn't really gotten a chance, but. I guess. I mean, did you have that faith? I don't know. I mean, he hit, yeah. Madrigal in two seasons. Uh, what? Uh, 300 at bats, and he batted 317. So, I mean, he hit 317 and. OPS is 764. So above average, I don't think Romy showed enough to be like a 109 weighted runs created plus hitter. The most thing I, I get frustrated with Nick Magical is because I was promised, or I think maybe I was promised that he's a heads up player. His IQ is high. We saw time and time again that was not the case. His base running was suspect and he got injured all the time. That's not his fault necessarily, but one of those was his fault where he. Over, yeah, we overran uh, somebody giving a stop sign up in Milwaukee and he slid weird and he like broke his wrist or injured his wrist. Dislocated his shoulder. Or something like that. Yeah, the dislocated his shoulder. It was bad slide and he was out. He was bad. And there's so many times like that. And he wasn't as good defensively as we were promised. Just not. I was glad that they got rid of him and got actual great player for him that just didn't perform. But man, I mean, he, he was easy to root for when he hit that home run in target field. I mean, I know he hit another one in guaranteed rate, but I mean, that first one, that was electric off J. I think it was like off J. Hap. Like, I mean, that was what dreams are made of. Uh, I, I never thought he was going to go yard. And then he did it twice in like, what, two weeks? Guys, I could have told you I was out at the alternate site in Schaumburg during 2020 and uh, saw him just crush a ball <laughs> off the scoreboard at the Boomers Stadium. 
So I knew that was I knew that was coming. Oh my god, you should have been placing bets on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, and shout out to uh, Jay Hunter. Uh, very simply, I love you guys, Chicago and living in Houston. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, we have noticed, uh, or Herb uh, wanted to look at the Spotify Wrapped uh, stats, and uh, we're in the UK, we're in Australia, uh, we're in Canada. Duh, KPWs in the stream, and uh, apparently we're in Houston. So I appreciate all of you guys listening, no matter where you're at. And sweet uh, logo right there by Jay Hunter. Also, it's nice. But um, yeah, we're we have twenty three countries covered in our uh, Spotify Wrapped. It's very Mercy. very um, complimentary. Our Spotify Wrapped of our listeners. They're like, once you guys listen, you're looking for the next episode. And as we can see, there's fifty some people in the chat for a show that we just 65. made up. Sixty five. Sixty five people in the chat just for a show that we just made up like twenty minutes ago because we had difficulties doing the actual pod only uh, episode. So. It's a testament to you guys who keep on looking for our content. And we appreciate that very much so. Yeah, we are looking for uh, 23,000 subscribers too. I think we're getting close to that uh, Michael Jordan number. Uh, so help us out if you uh, haven't already and uh, you do appreciate the content. Uh, make sure you're hitting the subscribe button. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll talk a little bit about the positives of Andrew Benatendi because I was being too negative on the last podcast. So I'll be nicer this time to Andrew Benatendi. Uh, I, I'm always nice though to Green Ridge Farm. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all natural option. And they are the makers of all natural deli meats sausages and their famous meat sticks their meat sticks are probably my favorite thing in the world they're perfect for tailgating happy hour and school lunches and these all natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours with 16 grams of protein per stick they make a perfect post-workout snack and meat sticks come in chicken black forest beef and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili if you haven't tried them yet you don't know what you're missing out on uh you can eat them cold you can eat them warmed up in the microwave. Uh, you could even put them on the grill, and they're delicious every single way. Uh, and they're delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh and flavorful alternative at snack time. You can always find them in the refrigerator section at Costco and Sam's Club. And I can always find their deli meat uh, at the jewels in their deli section. So wherever you are in the Chicagoland area, you can find Greenland, uh, uh, Green Ridge Farm. I was going to say Greenland, Green Ridge Farm. Uh, and right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. Uh, also, we got to tell you about ComEd. Uh, like I said, uh, I saw them in my neighborhood, and that's because ComEd, their ComEd Energy Efficiency Program, is committed to helping families and business in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. And customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than ever before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz now to start saving money and energy and to start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700. And for more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Um, I found it interesting. Um, we see Justin Turner signing with the Red Sox earlier today. Um, and this is coming out from Craig Mish uh, down in Florida, uh, one of the, uh, you know, or probably the guy uh, down in Florida covering the Marlins. And he said, if Justin Turner had picked the Marlins, he would have been making almost twice as much as he is with the Red Sox this upcoming season. And we saw some tweets, I think, especially from Jack Curry from New York, uh, where we saw that Andrew Benatendi really wasn't going to get a multi-year deal from the Yankees and that he really didn't want to stay with the Yankees. So first off, before we get into some of the positives, what do we make of that? that the White Sox were able to make that commitment of five years where the Yankees really weren't that committed or, uh, you know, interested in bringing them back for that long. I think it's good for the White Sox because the Yankees, they can probably see that Andrew Benintendi is good, not great. And they probably have a minor leaguer that's just as good or a guy they're going to sign free agent wise in the next four to five years. So to have him locked up for that many years and, it's probably no big deal for them to release a player, DFA a player in their uh, waiting years of their contract. But also they're like, I want him for a certain amount of years in this, um, which would be his prime years and not anything past that. They have the luxury to, of doing that where they can identify players like we want them, but we want them at our price. 
They've already paid Aaron Judge a bunch of money, paid uh, Anthony Rizzo a bunch of money. To pay uh, Andrew Bennington would not be a problem, but they want him at their price. And if he wasn't going to go there, fine. They can go and find another person that can do what Andrew Benintendi does. For the White Sox, it's an awesome move, I think, or a good move. I'm not going too far. It's a move that they needed. Left-handed bat, solid left fielder, a guy that's going to be, you know the floor is going to be pretty high. He hit 300 last year, got on base 37% of the time. Exactly what the White Sox need, a guy to get on base with a little speed and probably a little smarts on the bases. So I'm good with the Andrew Penitentiary move, and I'm glad the White Sox saw the Yankees as competition and said, we're going to commit to that fifth year and give you what you want and bring you into the fold. I mean, different teams have different needs, right? And, and certainly the Yankees were were shopping around for other things. They had to focus on Aaron Judge this this offseason, and they did that. They went out and they got Carlos Rodon. I mean, they, this is a, a a team, obviously, that's not afraid to spend. If yeah. they wanted to keep Damn. Andrew Benintendi in the fold, they could have found money for him. Um, but when you're committing that much money to just two guys and Aaron and Aaron Judge and Carlos Rodon that fill far bigger needs uh, for the Yankees than, than bringing on just uh, their – retaining, I guess, in, in this situation, uh, Ben Intendi as their left fielder. Uh, the White Sox had a big need in left field. And uh, obviously, as we've read numerous times, this is a guy that they've been eyeing for a long time. So, um, you know, motivated buyers were the White Sox, whereas the, the Yankees obviously had other things that they needed to take care of first uh, this offseason. Yeah, and Clark's saying not everyone can play in New York. And, uh, hey, uh, Chicago's definitely going to be a little bit different. And I was surprised to see as well uh, the positive reaction on Friday where we saw 89% of people say that they uh, had a positive view of this Andrew Benatendi signing. Uh, so I dug in a little bit more. Uh, some people were given some criticism of uh, what I had to say. Uh, first off, we, we did clarify when we were going through the needs for the Sox and we did all the uh, little boxes we were checking, you know, we we're checking power. We we're checking defense. We we're checking lefty. And Andrew Benatendi clearly checks lefty. But I had an X for defense and power. I think we ended up talking that the defense was probably just more of a, a meh or more of just a, a neutral there. So mm-hmm. we'll walk that back. I don't know if you guys buy into the gold glove narrative that much. Like, is is Andrew Benatendi a gold glove? Are they getting gold glove defense? What does gold glove defense mean? Are you guys, you know, does that, does that mean anything to you guys? It, it no. strikes me kind of like it, it, it. I look at it how I look at batting average because I know it's very obviously in vogue to say batting mm. average is worthless and it, it's terrible. Well, I would say this about batting average you can be a good hitter with a sub 300 or far sub 300 batting average. If you have a 300 or higher batting average, you're probably a good hitter though, right? And so I, I kind of look at the I kind of look at this in the same way. Okay. Maybe that's not that one award is not telling us every little thing about how, you know, fan, how whether it's fantastic or bad kind of thing. But guess what? If you have a gold glove, you're not bad. Like they don't give gold gloves out to guys who, guys who are like tripping over their own feet in the outfield. Like it's, it's, it, it might not be something where you look at it and say, oh, he's a gold glover. It means his defense is elite and we don't need to look at any numbers. You know what I mean? There can be a disparity there, sure. But it's also like, well, it's not it's not terrible. You, you, you'd rather have a gold glove than not have a gold glove. And I think being a gold glove outfielder is certainly something that Andrew Benintendi can hang his hat on. Oh, no matter how you want to define it, it means that it's not a problem. His defense is not a bad thing. It's not a detraction from his game like it is for a lot of players who played for the White Sox last year and are still on the roster in most of those cases. So is, it, is he the greatest uh, defensive outfielder that's ever walked the earth? Probably not. Is he an upgrade over what the White Sox had? Absolutely he is. The only thing that I always bring back when somebody says, hey, that guy's a gold glover, I always bring back and say, in 1999, Rafael Palmeiro played 128 games <laughs> as a designated hitter. 28 as a first baseman. He won the gold glove as a first baseman that year. But so, wow, Herb, those 28 games. Oh, my goodness. He Just, I mean, uh, a master class. He let it up. He's yeah, and so it's like, yes, good. You want a gold glove, and it usually means the you know the guy is actually good. But we see Derek Jeter's career, where that man won a bunch of gold gloves, and we know he's not the best shortstop. Even that he wasn't the best shortstop on his team for a long while when A. Rod was still playing third base. So you could take it with a grain of salt. I think in his case, uh, Andrew Benintendi, he was pretty decent in 2021. Um, whether there was the Royals, and so he was. 
I mean, I know one with the outs above average were Sean. I think were they like zero? Uh, uh yeah. So then he had a really two thousand twenty one. A really weird year in 2019 where he had a minus 10, uh, an Andrew Vaughn year, uh, Vaughn-like year uh, in 2019 uh, with that monster. Um, but outside of that, he's basically been, uh, you know, minus one for the past couple of years. Uh, in 2016, minus one in left field. And I assume le- left field, right? Because we're thinking Colas in right field or Pop, RC in right field. Pops. Royal um, Crown Colas, yes. Yes. So 2016 <laughs> uh, in left field, uh, minus one. 2017 minus eight, 2018 a plus four, 2019 a minus 10. So that's a crazy difference right there. Uh, but then 2021, but he only played about 14 games in that year. Uh, 2021, he was a zero. And then in 2022, he was a one uh, overall. So, you know, or no, he was a zero overall with uh, taking in the Casey and Yankee days. So, you know, He's average, and that's the thing is Andrew Vaughn wasn't. He was giving you an, uh, a minus nine outs above average. So if you're just taking a, a guy who's a zero, you know, that's a nine differential. And Andrew Vaughn playing at first base is probably the biggest, you know, help to Andrew Benatendi's defense. It's, you know, he is neutral, which is so much better than where Vaughn was. Uh, you did mention 300 hitter, uh, I think, or you mentioned batting average. Uh, if you're a 300 hitter, uh, you're probably a good hitter. Well, uh, people did throw this stat at me, so why not bring it up? Andrew Benatendi, in his career, 576 games, a batting average of 324 with runners in scoring position uh, and weighted runs created plus of 137. Uh, I know that's not really his job. He doesn't really need to be driving in runs. But Jose Abreu. It's everybody's job. That's true. So so often last year, particularly in the first half of the season, Mm -hmm. the, the, the White Sox didn't get it from anybody. And so to get that from literally anyone, it doesn't matter if you're being paid to be the the big bopper, the guy who drives in the runs, or if you're the guy who's being paid to set the table, it doesn't matter. There's going to be, there's going to be situations where your number two hitter comes up with the bases loaded. There's going to be situations where your number eight hitter comes up with two men in scoring positions. So um, that he has that uh, is a very good thing because the White Sox so often last year struggled to get runs in to get somebody who knows what they're doing in that department, not to say that they didn't have anybody, but to add it to what they've got already is, uh, is certainly a positive as we're talking about positives here, Sean. And Herb, I, well, I, I do wonder too, like, you know, we've been debating about Vaughn and Abreu back and forth. Um, what now where we've been wondering, like, how do they add? Or like, you know, it's not just Vaughn replacing them, but how do you replace that, you know, addition again, you got to get RBIs when they're important or at least when they're, they're opportune Uh, 37% or he's 37% better than the average hitter in that position. So, you know, good things. Uh, Does this feel satisfied or does this satisfy that need where the White Sox, see Jose Bray, who was usually a 3,100 guy each and every year. uh, Does that help you get closer, especially with Andrew Vaughn now moving to first? Partially it helps a lot, but it doesn't complete it where you're lost from what Jose Abreu usually does. And I don't like 2021 or 2022 for Jose Abreu, I'm going to throw out because I think it was just a year for all the White Sox where they struggled. And this is not regularly what they do. And since Jose Abreu has a long track record, I think, you know, most people would assume that most of his eight years before that are more the telling thing than what the 2022 year was, even though, Offensively, it was pretty good, except for the power. So I'll say that Ben Attendee being here and so good um, with runners in scoring position, that partly helps it out. Now go and finish it off with a right fielder. Now, if you want to say that Oscar Colas will be that guy where you don't have to spend any money, just have to call him up, and it's not that big of a difference between what Conforto can bring you and what potentially uh, Colas can bring you, Maybe I'll go there, but I would go with the more of the certainty of Conforto, who has done it in the major leagues before, where Colas has to come up and prove it. So I just need the right fielder to do what right fielders usually do, is corner outfielders usually produce home runs. And since Andrew Benintendi is not necessarily going to do it for the White Sox, they need their right fielder to absolutely hit 25-plus home runs. Well, that's a that's a tough ask when the guy hasn't played any major league baseball before Herb and and you know you're absolutely right this is going to be a team wide job replacing what Jose Abreu was able to do so consistently for this team um, there's a lot of weight uh, that, that's probably on Andrew Vaughn's shoulders a lot of weight that's probably on Aloy Jimenez's shoulders but I don't think even those two guys if they have phenomenal seasons 
are going to be able to do it all by themselves either. This is something that the lineup top to bottom is going to have to be not just way better than it was last year, but better than it was supposed to be last year in order to make up for the team's best hitter being taken out of it. Ben Intendi helps. He definitely helps because he can do some stuff offensively um, that the no one that was going to be the starting left fielder beforehand could do. So, uh, you know, it, it, it is definitely a positive uh, uh, development that he is added to this lineup. Their lineup is better today than it was on Thursday uh, with Andrew Benintendi in it. Uh, but nobody is making any assumption that Andrew Benintendi is going to come here and, you know, do Jose Abreu's job. I don't think anybody should right. should make any assumption that, uh, Benintendi and Colas together can come anywhere close to doing Jose Abreu's job. It is something that not just the nine starting uh, position players, but the guys on the bench too uh, are, are going to have to combine uh, to 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 do, and it's not going to be easy. That's for sure. Yeah, and I mean too, like uh, sorry, I was looking up a stat because uh, Jared asked a, a question that I was trying to answer. Uh, what's the estimated? Uh, of cumulative war with Vaughn at first, Aloy healthy of the DH and then uh, Ben attendee and left. Um, I think Ben attendee. I mean, if you assume what he did last year or about that, he was worth 3.2 war, I think on baseball reference or on that on fan graphs as well. Um, Andrew, you'd think playing a more natural position and with his just typical offensive output, he'd probably be around a two war as I think what I've seen on uh, steamer uh, projections. I've been, uh, you know, Aloy's just a DH, so it's probably going to be around like two and a half to two and a, two point uh, six, unless he's you know really great uh, and he's around a four, uh, which would be a, a crazy season for him. But um, what that's seven nine or so. Um, so you know it, it's nothing crazy, and that's again where you need them to hit home runs for this to be successful, and you need the other guys to hit home runs. Uh, again, the positive, I think, the biggest positive uh, taking away for Andrew Benatendi is he plays games. Uh, night in, night out, uh, consistently giving you about 130. Uh, I know people are a little bit iffy with the Mike Clevenger signing, where you know he's only pitched 200 innings once in his career. You really don't have that with Ben Attendee, and now you can just plug him in at left field and hope that everyone else does their job. And that's why I think Herb, like, I don't know. I think right field's fine. I'm fine with RC, especially with the nickname we've given him, being that opening day right fielder. It seems like Rakan said on that. I would rather see them put money not in Conforto, but into second base and go get Gene Segura, like you've mentioned him. Uh, you know, I mean, that's a guy that was just on a World Series team. That seems like a guy that would be able to help a team uh, get there. And, you know, we saw him be on a Phillies team that was much worse defensively, and they still got the job done. Uh, so I think he would be a nice addition. He wouldn't solve the home run problem, but I don't know if you can actually find that on the free agent market uh, with second base, but you have to do something. I think uh, at least at second base, I still feel like it's going to be a trade. I just, I don't think they're, they're going to spend more money, but Vinny, what do you think about, you know, Herb saying Colas a little bit iffy about that on opening day? I mean, yeah, I, I don't think there's really any way to be uh, uh, perfectly confident in a guy who's never played major league baseball before. But and like that I, or that or second base, I guess I, I've, I've phrased the question wrong. Cause you kind of already said that yeah, piece I, about Colas. Right. I guess the, the question is, are you more, what would you rather, what would you rather have Oscar Colas in right field or Romy Gonzalez at all uh, at second yeah. base? I think I'd lean towards Colas just because the ceiling would be so high there um, from what, you know, the White Sox have said about this guy. So um yeah, if, if I had to choose between, you know, which of those two spots would I upgrade or upgrade first, it would definitely be second base. I mean, heck, I think second base remained a, a larger need than left field. And, and we're here talking about them filling left field in, in a big way. Um, but yeah, second base is concerning to me uh, uh, in terms of um, the, the confidence that I would have in what they've got there right now. So, yes, I would think that, that going out and getting somebody uh, would definitely be on the to do list for the rest of the winter. Um, and, you know, we, we saw it last year. We saw it materialize in the form of Josh Harrison last year. I wouldn't be surprised to see that level of player, uh, you know, come 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 back again. Uh, you know, I think the hope for them is that they can get somebody even more productive, um, certainly more productive than Harrison ended up being last year. But, uh, yeah, second base is definitely a need and, and, and would be the place that I would think would be uh, uh, the top of the priority list uh, for the remainder of the offseason. All right, and, and just to wrap and, this up, oh, go ahead. I looked up what the uh, projections for the uh, steamer are for next year. It's about what you were saying: two two for Vaughn, two three for Benintendi, two four for Eloy. 
Only two three for Benintendi. Yeah. Average. That's average, folks. Two is average war. So Andrew Benintendi, a little bit above average, like barely we, above aren't average. These, like, aren't these like 50 percentile projections? What they do right here with the steamer? Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, they're not like outsized. You know, that's what they think of he, his, his uh, production is going to be next year for the White Sox. He th- they think they're going to come over here and be natural White Sox. Just nah, average. World Series, folks. Yeah, that's the that's the goal. Um, I right. expect him to get on thirty six or thirty three percent of the time next year. Yeah, two sixty five average. I don't I don't know if I buy into the whole walk tool. I mean, someone someone was mentioning that, and they were like, you know, they're they're both guys that walk ten to fifteen percent of the time. And this was about Conforto and and Benatendi, and I was like, yeah, but you know, Conforto's at twelve point six, so he's closer to that fifteen percentile. Where Benatendi's nine point eight, so he's closer to that ten percentile. Like there is a, a little bit of a gap here. Um, but just to wrap this up, I mean, even with runners in scoring position, last year the Sox was uh, weighted runs created plus was uh, one hundred and twelve, so they weren't awful at it, but nothing you know great. They were fourteenth in the league, so about mid. Uh, but Benatendi again one thirty seven. But his career walk rate with the runners in scoring position is about 13.8%. His strikeout rates are about 14.1%. So, awesome. I mean, he, he has a very one-to-one walk-to-K ratio right there. Uh, so, yeah, he, he really is still able to focus in uh, and still keeps up his line drive rate, still about 20%. So he still seems to be the same hitter um, and is able to focus in. He did also talk, I think this is in The Athletic. I'm not sure if James had it or if this was in a, a former piece because it seemed like it was still a quote from KC. Um, but it was uh, talking about the way he had to change his swing because of Kaufman and how difficult it was to hit home runs. So maybe if there is the 100th percentile of Andrew Benatendi, and I guess this is my final uh, quote-unquote positive, can he have like a Johnny Damon-like year in Yankee Stadium where he hits like 40 home runs, right? I mean, Yankee Stadium, you know, Johnny Damon was hitting him into the second deck. No one thought Johnny Damon was ever going to be a 40 home run guy. I mean, like, is guaranteed rate field where they have the third highest park factors for home runs for lefties going to be able to produce a crazy Andrew Bonatendi season. Like, am I missing something here? Well, it's not something you runs? should be hanging your hat on. I don't think 40 no, runs I'm not, I'm for anybody. That. I think <laughs> we're, we're, do that. we're still waiting for 40 home runs from the guy who hits all the home runs in Aloy Jimenez. Uh, I mm-hmm. don't think you should be going to, uh, to the new guy who's, you know, not known for the pop and, and start assigning him a 40 home run season. Um, but but listen, can can he hit some home runs? I think yes is probably the answer, and uh, you know it might not be anywhere near as impressive as some of his new teammates. You know, I think we we would expect uh, a big performances, big numbers in those categories from Aloy and Andrew Vaughn and even Luis Robert. Uh, but if we're talking about uh, big home run numbers, probably not what Andrew Benintendi is being brought in to do. That would be my well, that would be my guess. And it, it actually wasn't. This is why we uh, should have a producer on these shows. But hey, we you know this was kind of last minute. Uh, J- Johnny Damon actually never hit forty. Um, his career high was twenty four twice. So hey, maybe I should have said Andrew Benatendi if he hits twenty five. Uh, maybe that's the hundredth percentile. But maybe it's he... it's possible and guaranteed rate. Sean Sean's out here boosting Johnny Damon's Hall of Fame case is what he's doing. <laughs> hey, someone needs to do it. I got Mark it's... Burley and Johnny Damon to to, to to drag into Cooperstown. If the two thousand twenty one Andrew Benintendi shows up at guaranteed rate this year and does similar things. Yeah, he can hit 25 home runs easily. He was in the 66th percentile of hard hit balls and his barrel percentage was 55%. Like last year was just off barrel percentage. You referenced that article. Maybe he was adjusting what to what Kaufman Stadium gives him. You know, I saw a bunch of hits down left field. He was letting the ball get deep and going down that line and going into the the, the gaps there at Kaufman Field or Kauffman Stadium. And so maybe he did adjust because remember Kaufman is short on the corners and Vinny knows this more than anybody short on the corners, but it goes out like after that. So it's a good ballpark to hit straight down the line. But if you're trying to go right center, left center, it's going to be uh, some things to do in center field, man, only giants slip up there like Luis Robert. Well, and yeah, I mean, Hey, I mean, the bullpen is just, direct hit it to the bullpen in guaranteed rate field and that you know and that's really not really down the line as long as you got some gap power uh you'll be good at the g rate um but ben attendee uh like you mentioned it 2020 or 2021 was a great year for him uh and if he played uh expected home runs by park if he played a guaranteed rate field uh for what 162 games 29 home runs so hey if he hits 30 home runs or near 29 uh out 
I got no complaints. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and we have another outfielder to talk about. You thought Victor Reyes was going to be the only minor league option. Shame on you. We got another guy that's going to be joining the team uh, in spring training, and we'll tell you about him just after the break. You're going to be in Arizona, Vinny. You're going to need to be using your Shady Rays. Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall, and it is still fall. We're closing in on winter, about three days. So It's about know, better... 15 degrees outside, Sean. It is winter. I wore shorts outside today. That classic uh, because... fall weather, why? 15 degrees. Because I it was going to be quick outside. I was going to be real quick. Uh, because our friends at Shady Rays have got you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades. Featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. And the best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. So if you were just running out, uh, you know, really quick, but you needed to protect your eyes and maybe throwing out the trash like I was in your shorts, uh, and then you, you know, throw them in the trash and throw the garbage on them and then break them. You know, they're not going to ask about that. They're just going to send you a new pair if you do that on day one. And they also stand behind their product and told our team that if anyone has a problem, they throw profit out the window and do what it takes to get it right. They offer free returns and exchange, and you either love these shades or Shady Rays will pay them to ship them back. That's it. So exclusively for our listeners, they're running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. Uh, and then also, Athletic Greens. I got to find a better... I was never good with transitive words in, in school. I always used... I leaned on also and and a lot. Got to work that. I don't know. Uh, next, athletic greens next is, is a good one. Next, yeah. next athletic next. greens. So like been, next <laughs> athletic greens has been our partner, uh, that I've been using for the past nine months since they started with us back on March 4th, when we started CHGO, they have been a partner with us and my brain, you know, has been acting a lot better, uh, since I started taking, uh, athletic greens back on March 4th. Uh, the what's it called? The, the 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 grammar hasn't improved with my health, uh, my immune system. That is all improved uh, because with one delicious scoop of AG1, I absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help me start my day right. And it does have a mild tropical taste. So you're not starting your day right in a weird uh, awful way. I look forward to it each and every morning. And this special blend of ingredients, again, supports my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to recover, my ability to focus, my ability to do this podcast. Uh, so thank you, Athletic Greens. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews, and it costs you less than $3 a day. So take care of yourself. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of cup of water. It's just one scoop. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs for your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgosocks to take, over, to, take ownership, to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you, Athletic Greens, and thank God that's over. All right. Billy the hitter is back on a minor back. league, folks. He's back. Yeah. Pop the champagne. Billy the hitter's back. He went away for a year. He went down to Miami. Can't blame him. And then he went up to Miami, Minnesota uh, and enjoyed seven games there. So what do we make of Billy the hitter returning to the South side? You're wearing a Minnesota Look, jersey. A Minnesota. Minnesota. Look at you. Uh he was a very, very uh, good presence on that team in 2021. Uh, obviously, he had some moments, you know, won, won a couple games for the White Sox with, with the bat, as well as that amazing uh, diving catch he made in the pouring rain up there at Target Field. Um, certainly one of the, the the more memorable moments of that 21 season, I think, was was that catch. That was the, the best catch of that season far and away for the White Sox. But um you know, he was a very good personality on that team. And, and, and he uh, he found he found some stuff in himself that I think he he uh, had not experienced in the years prior, be it from a confidence standpoint or, or, or just, a, you know, an ability standpoint. Uh, you know, the numbers maybe didn't end up looking so great. And, you know, I don't think anybody expected them to. But um, 
he was a, a valuable part of the dugout. He was a valuable part from a culture standpoint, uh, you know, was able to uh, give back as much, uh, you know, from a vibe standpoint, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. as he received from guys like Tim Anderson uh, and, you know, the whole have fun group that the uh, White Sox had cooking there for a little while when they were uh, on the upswing before 2022 hit. So, um who knows if this is going to turn into any actual playing time for the major league team, you know, uh, but uh, the White Sox could use uh, some, some depth. And if that's what this turns out to be, then good. I don't know if anybody looks at a minor league signing and ever goes, all right, he's going to be on the team for the entire season, you know? So, but he might not even make the team who knows, but uh, definitely a positive presence from his previous stint uh, on the South side. And if he can uh, contribute some of that, It'll be a good thing, and if he uh, uh, plays well enough to earn a spot on the on the big league club, uh, it means that he's doing something right and uh, could provide valuable uh, uh, tools for the White Sox, even if it is just speed and defense at the end of the day. I know Billy Hamilton's numbers in 2021 with the White Sox don't you know scream out, "Wow, he had a great year," but numbers lie sometimes. Like the actual effect he had on that team was great. I mean, the guy just brought an in energy and would field it. As Vinny said, the catch in Minnesota, probably the catch of the year that year. And it was so amazing and so electrifying. Like when Billy got there, all of us pretty much thought that, oh, here's a pinch runner guy that's going to be really bad with the bat. And I don't necessarily feel like through the, through, through the 2021 year that I was like, man, Billy Hamilton in the lineup. We're not going to get any hits, and that's a partially... lot of people did. Herb, a lot of people did think that. If yeah. Twitter, if my Twitter mentions were any indication, anytime Billy Hamilton was in the lineup, but uh, but you're but you're right. I think in that um, he was probably more valuable than than everybody thought he was. Yeah, and I'm looking up an article from some young guy, April twenty third, two thousand twenty one, of Vinny Dubert. He's an NBC Sports Chicago. Um, he's got an article about Billy the hitter. And it's a great one. If you guys want to go back and look at it, Vinny's a talented writer. We should get him over here. Um, this guy was saying that T.A. was instilling confidence in him where he didn't have it going through his career. Go to his baseball reference page and look at all the negative uh, OPS pluses there. He was not getting it done after the late uh, Cincinnati years. And then after that, just being bounced around from team to team to team. The White Sox and what T.A. did for him to give him some positivity and say, you're not just Billy the runner. You're Billy the hitter. You can do it. You have the, you've hit in the past. Why not now? And that being back on the White Sox, him being with Tim again, maybe that sparks up the player again. Maybe that helps Tim too, um, to have some motivation, to have a guy that he's familiar with in the clubhouse again and can lead this team to better things. Cause I know the 2021, which I was not in the clubhouse. I don't think every one day, but, I don't know if you got a chance to speak to this team. It just felt like that team was just much more alive, and that could be results of wins, and they they were doing things well, but it just felt better. I don't know. They just That swag was still there in 2021. The 2022, they, as Jose said, they felt like cocky instead of confident. Well, yeah, I mean, looking at Billy's fan graphs, like it's hilarious just seeing the jump that he took that year. Um, if we're looking at isolated power, he is never, well, I don't want to say never. There was one season where he had more than a hundred games or at least, you know, more than 50 plate appearances where he had an isolated power over one. Okay. That's a slugging minus average. Um, so a 0.105 in his rookie year in 2014. Then in 2021, he had one at 157. That's Ooh. higher than Andrew Benatendi's career. All right. So he just absolutely had this one season where he just started slugging the ball. Um, Heart hit percentage was over 20%. That was the first time in his career as well. Um, Just funny the way that he was able to really adapt everything that Tim Anderson was taking. Um, Usually a guy that was around a 7% walk rate um, each and every season down to three because he was just looking at balls and swinging at them just like Tim Anderson. Uh, So he kind of took on that swag, uh, took on that vibe uh, and it worked for him. So, Hey, Uh, It'd be cool to see him come up and replace people, you know, when they need them. But I hope it's not 
a guy they rely on. Uh, Pinwheels is saying uh, in the chat, like, you know, maybe the new rules of still uh, stolen bases are going to help. Uh, you know, if you throw over twice, then it's an automatic, like you have to then throw the pitch. You can't pitch over again. Uh, Billy Hamilton last year between the majors and minors, 15 stolen bases, one caught stealing, stole 10 major league bags. So, I mean, you and still got that, you know, tool. I don't, I don't think he was caught stealing at all when he was a White Sox either. So he's pretty flawless the last couple of years where he's stealing bases, not just nine, going, but nine, making nine it safely. Oh, nine and oh, awesome. sorry. See, yeah. what is that? So that's 25 uh, in the last two years, only getting caught once. Mm-hmm. It's pretty stellar. Good. He's only um, 32, too. He's not old as we think he is. He's 32, still, you know, just a little past his prime. Yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, hopefully he can give you something if someone gets hurt. I don't think Billy Hamilton's going to be an option. But uh, one thing, too, uh, the White Sox were really good at stealing bases last year. Uh, 58 stolen bags, only 10 caught stealing. Uh, They led the majors in stolen base percent uh, at 85%. Uh, They were uh, above 90% for some time uh, earlier in the year. But then I think Tim got hurt, and and then Adam Ingles started playing you less. So, uh, you know, they they just got a little bit worse at it. But any final Billy the hitter thoughts? I think we've exhausted this topic enough until he plays more baseball yeah until until i see him in spring training that's that's probably going to be yeah. the last billy hamilton conversation we had he's back Yay. all right yeah, uh, people are bringing up the name of uh adam engel and that's pretty much for me that signals that adam engel mm-hmm. with the signing of reyes and also billy hamilton even both they're both minor league deals that they're probably not going to bring back adam engel the non-tendering didn't signal it to you, Herb? I mean, that did, but they've always, you know, non-tender people, and then it's like, okay, like, come on back. Go on back here. Mercy. Just like the great Mark Payton. Hey, he's he's a vibes guy. Uh, he, he didn't need to be on the 40, man. He was just helping out his hometown team. Uh, all right, make sure that you are – sorry, real quick. Um, make sure that you are subscribing – to us on YouTube, uh, just because right now this is the main way that we are able to deliver our podcast to you. So make sure you're subscribing to our YouTube channel. And hey, while you're here, we got 86 people. Make sure you're liking the video as well. We really do appreciate it. That's Vinny Duber. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckman 23 He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Uh, we will probably tomorrow be looking at second baseman since they already got a left fielder. Why not talk about the second baseman? Maybe if we do more topics where we check boxes, they'll start bringing more people over. Uh, so we'll start checking some boxes tomorrow, and we'll be looking at the trade market and free agent market. Uh, so do your homework, guys, on second baseman that you like. Uh, but thank you, everybody, for joining us on this impromptu version of CHGO White Sox. Uh, thank you again for watching. Thank you to Vinny, Herb. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox. And then, hold on, I got to... 